From the Beaver County Auto Studios, it's another live Penguins chat. By the way, Beaver County Auto, our fantastic sponsor, will make a Bubba Beaver believer out of you. Hi, I'm Dan Kingerski, PittsburghHockeyNow.com, Pittsburgh Sports Live. You're in the studios. In fact, I dug some more stuff out of the uh, out of the bins of in my basement. Andy Van Slyke behind me, an old Three Rivers banner from the uh, final game at the stadium. Of course, you got behind me on this side, uh, the 1991 Pittsburgh Penguins championship banner. And Rowdy, coffee, 6 p.m. start tonight. Let's roll. I want to get into uh, several issues tonight. We're going to talk about Evgeny Malkin. We will talk about the French-Canadian media report that the Canadians were in, quote, serious talks with the Penguins about Olimata. And, of course, uh, we'll talk a bit about Derek Broussard. I, I, I must confess to you a little bit. I feel like every day I'm becoming more of a reporter. I didn't come to this role naturally. Uh, I think those of you who know me know I, I, I came from the broadcast side 20 years, sitting behind a radio microphone much like this one. Uh, and, and, and I feel like I'm growing and learning uh, picking my spots and, and talking with players and asking better questions and getting better responses. And I think uh, today, um, when everyone else kind of went through the normal motions with some of the players, I, I got to ask a, a few pointed questions. And, and uh, Derek Broussard was uh, honest enough. I, I asked Derek Broussard straight away, if he's heard his name, if he's seen the reports and, you know, seen all the media attention that uh, his whereabouts or his future whereabouts are garnering. So we'll get into that. I've got the, the video for you that I want to play. Uh, want to say, uh, first of all, everyone jump on the live chat board, or if you catch this later, or uh, actually we'll, we'll be podcasting this, uh, tweet at me at the Dan Kingersky. Or uh, leave a comment in the YouTube section. The more likes, the more comments, the more shares, the higher up in the rankings we go. And that's uh, the big deal. Uh, another big thank you. This is the first live chat since we crossed 1,000 subscribers on the Pittsburgh Sports Live YouTube channel. That means we finally get paid a little bit. So even if you leave, don't close the stream. All right? Okay. First, um... Let me start. Uh, where do you want to start? With Evgeny Malkin or or Derek Broussard? Although uh, Medina wants to talk about Teddy Bluger, I, I imagine. I'll tell you what, uh, Medina, I will uh, humor you. Uh, I'll jump into Teddy Bluger real quick. I was talking to some Wilkes-Barre folks, and I said, hey, Penguins have 12 forwards, only seven defensemen. That leaves two open roster spots. Is anybody, you know driving down the highway towards Pittsburgh. Um, unfortunately, it's the AHL bi-week, all-star week, so nobody is in town. So uh, the player might actually find out before my folks in, uh, in Wilkes-Barre. Yes, Teddy Bluger is the guy coming up if and when the Penguins finally pull the trigger. From everything I've been told, everything I I've heard, uh, Bluger is really starting to push the envelope. There was some, a lot of thought, I think, around the Penguins that his offense wouldn't necessarily translate to the NHL level. 
that he would be a great defensive center, or great, uh, let me rephrase that. He'd be a good defensive center, say a fourth-line kind of guy. I think he probably heard that, and he's starting to push the boundary. He's over 20 goals, I I think, Medina, already this uh, season. So, um, let me get into, well, everyone's already jumping on the Broussard. Uh, so let's, let's start with, uh, Derek Broussard and, uh, let's count no less than half a dozen teams who are interested in the Penguins centerman. We know Dallas, we know Winnipeg, we know Colorado who had two scouts at the game last night. Winnipeg had one, uh, Dallas had one. San Jose has kicked the tires just a a wee bit. So we can kind of put them on the list. We know the Penguins and Carolina have discussed Derek Broussard. So that's, uh, that's five. Columbus, there's, there's your six that we know of. Uh, Undoubtedly, uh, a few other teams probably have made contact. Wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if Montreal did as well. Look, Montreal, and put a pin in this, Montreal is rolling with, with uh, Philip uh, Deneau as their top-line center. We'll get to that in, uh, in just, just a wee bit. Uh, Gang 84 wants to know if the Mar- uh, Mata reports are accurate. I-, I honestly don't know. What I do know, Gang, is that we investigated that reporter who he was, the site, uh, where it came from. Uh, I will not link to internet garbage on Pittsburgh Hockey Now. Not intentionally, anyway. So uh, we knew about it last evening, just after the Jake Muzzin uh, deal went down with Toronto. Uh, we, we, we got a hold of that report. And it wasn't until this morning that we published it, and I made no less than half a dozen texts and calls saying, hey, I don't recognize this guy. And I got positive feedback in return. In fact, uh, what I was told was uh, Dan, who, who broke it, and I, I, I can't recall his, I, I think it's Les Colises. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your name, Dan. Uh, but uh, he was uh, the reporter ahead on the Galchenyuk Domi trade. So when we kind of when we heard that, uh, any doubts were put to rest that at least there was some credibility to the report, to gang. So, is it accurate? Um, I I am not in a position to say. I am I am in a position to say the reporter is credible. How's that? Uh, I hate to maybe give you a dodge, but I think that's uh, all I can. All I can say. Let's see here. Um, at this point, do the Pens try Broussard in the second line center? Gino to third line center to motivate them? Uh, I'll tell you what, Chris. Uh, motivation is not an issue with either Broussard or, or Malkin. That is maybe the, the one giant misconception that I think the Penguins fan base is, is kind of holding on to right now, as if somehow Malkin is disinterested or, or not motivated. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's actually the, uh, the opposite. 
Malkin is trying so hard. He is trying to make the uh, the vintage Malkin play to snap out of this funk. Now I'm going to lead you lead the horse to water. I think tomorrow's column, uh, one of them anyway, will in fact deal with uh, Evgeny Malkin because we had a, a good locker room chat today. You know the media gathered around and peppered uh, Gino with questions and his English might be broken, but his sentiments weren't. They, they were pretty spot on and, and they were pretty straight. He's frustrated. And, and, and in that frustration, he's doing things that he wouldn't ordinarily have done or what he wouldn't ordinarily have, you know, be doing right now, trying to recapture that. The hows and the whys, that's an entirely a different matter. We can discuss that. I'm going to put one thing here on the live chat. If you've, you've you know, been cool enough to jump on the live chat, I'll, I'll tell you straight up. One of the things I'm going to write about tomorrow, and, and I've, I've hinted at it several times through the season. I don't think I've kind of been blunt between the eyes with it before. And uh, that is, you know, you know, to see this, where'd Malkin go? There we go. To see this smile again, to see him out there laughing and having a good time, he has to realize how much the game has changed just in two years, just even in one year. The game has went and got itself in a big hurry, to quote Shawshank Redemption. Malkin's game, his vintage game, doesn't necessarily translate as well to a, a zippy, fast, north-south game. Malkin wants to go east-west, dipsy-doo, toe-drag, stick-handle, beautiful, creative plays, and then bang, snap pass to an empty net. You know, player waiting on the back door, or, or he gets it back. That's been Malkin's game for so long. Well, now it's, uh, it's a wee bit different. And... Uh, Brad, I'm glad you kind of brought up that frustration point, cause I, I, and I don't mean to knock it down vigorously, but I, I think it's important that, that fans, because I'm hearing a lot of that, well, Malkin must be having personal problems, or he doesn't care, or he needs a change of scenery. Yikes. But uh, here is uh, Gino in the locker room today. It's only, it's only about a minute long, so hang with us. Uh, not, no, for sure not. It's like uh, a little bit frustrating for myself, but it's... I understand that it's like a, again, like a long season, like, and uh, I look future, I look forward, and uh, of course, minus 20 is not like uh, what I look at, like, before season, but yeah, it's tough, like, tough period for me, but I want back, I want, like, uh, play right the next game and, like, do, like, small things, try to help the team, and uh, again, like, uh, I know my level, I know I'm a good player, you know, just like uh, I want my game is back. But it's again, like, I'm trying, I'm trying, like, in practice, I'm trying, like, in the game, but, like, sometimes, like, it's, like, do it, like, wrong, like, wrong play. But again, like, it's like long season, I look back and I want back. Alrighty, so uh, you got to hear that. I, I was standing there. I'm frustrated. It's been a tough period for me. 
The, the, the quote I liked was, I know my level. I know I'm a good player. Yes, Malkin has to begin using his old man's strength. He has to start overpowering people, becoming that bull, that, that angry bull that he can be. He's bigger and stronger than everybody else. He still skates very well. He stick handles in a phone booth. All of these things should lend itself to this current game, but he's got to adapt. Just a, He's got to simplify a little bit. Look, uh, because defensemen are faster, they're able to get back and blunt the Penguins' rush this year. That's especially hurting Malkin because he loves to play on the rush. He and Kessel are addicted to it. Uh, and why not? It's been so damn successful for them. Teams are getting back, and they, they have numbers back. And they're taking away that blue line. So Malkin's trying to make that play within three, four feet of the blue line, and that's just feeding the opposition's transition game. That's allowing the opposition to play on the rush. Uh, I One quick... Uh, Another misnomer to knock down is that Malkin is gobbling up power play points. 35 of his 50 points are on at even strength and 15 are on the power play. Double check me. I'm, I'm within plus or minus two uh, on that. I, I'm pretty sure it was 15 or 18 of his 50 points were are. are on the power play. That's all. That's, that's you know, last season, Phil Kessel was almost a 50-50 ratio. He was a 50-point even strength, 42-point power play guy. Malkin is a 2-to-1 ratio. So it's not entirely true. In fact, it's not true at all to say that Malkin is just a power play specialist right now. So uh, don't kind of buy into to that line uh, as well. Let me see here. Uh, but I, I think I've, I've kind of laid out a good bit of what I'm going to write about tomorrow, is that Malkin has to adjust to this 2019 game. Just think of the Washington Capitals' defense in 2017 versus what they're rolling out in 2019. Brooks Orpik uh, played a much bigger role for the Capitals a couple years ago. In addition to, uh, who am I thinking of? He, he's now... Uh, with Montreal. Another big, slow guy. Oh, darn it. Um, Carl Alsner. So, uh, you know, think about that. These were, were, were players in the Metro Division on the blue line. Sure, Malkin could uh, have, you know, take their lunch, eat it, and, and then, you know, give it back to them when he was done. Can't do that anymore. Everybody's defense is faster. And uh, not just faster, but smarter. They know to get back and blunt the Malkin rush. And because they're faster, they can be more aggressive. They can attack Malkin. They can step forward because they've got numbers back. They, one person can, you know, one guy can take a chance. So all of those things Malkin is dealing with. That's a, a gargantuan kind of, that's, it's like turning the Titanic around. It really is. Um, I don't know that he'll be able to do it this season. 
The coach isn't here watching video. Uh, the coach is saying, here, chip it in. Here, take this when it's offered. Take what's given to you. But for a guy who's dominated hockey his entire life, how easy do you think that is? When what comes instinctual and natural to him might not be correct any longer. Uh, certainly not a, a lack of effort. William wants to know if I plan on talking about uh, Michael Furland. Well, I, I can do that for you right now, uh, William. And, and that is Carolina is asking for a boatload. They want to the dump, you know, the, the armored car to back up. I mean, f for a winger who was part of the Dougie Hamilton trade, they want a first-round pick and a legit prospect. I don't know that, um, that that's, a, that's a lot. I mean, they're essentially asking for what the Penguins ended up giving up for Derek Broussard last year, and they're asking that of, for a winger who's never been uh, a dominant, uh, you know, top-line winger type who's in the all-star game and, and, you know, he's, he's not on that level. But he's a hell of a power forward, don't get me wrong. Uh, but he's, he's also streaky. Maybe a bit like uh, Evander Kane. So uh, in a flooded market, I think, I think, William, and, and this could change tomorrow, but I'm saying it now, I think the Penguins will end up passing on him only because I think somebody will cough up the ransom. And we've been chasing a couple leads at Pittsburgh Hockey now. I'm not in a position to empty the cachet and tell you everything because we're dealing with some secondhand and even uh, some tertiary sources that uh, wouldn't be printable. But we're, 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 we're kind of zeroing in on uh, another team that the Penguins, we think, have been talking to uh, and a winger who could fill the net for the Penguins. So, uh, yeah, Jim Rutherford is not a guy who's going to get caught with his pants down. There, there's, a, there's a couple things. Let's get to the, uh, this guy. Well, that, that's not Dan Kingersky. That's Ole Mata. Let me turn my mic down just a hair. Okay, that's not any better. There we go. Maybe that's, that's it. Um, Olimata. Yep, the report broke uh, last night in, in the, uh, the, the French uh, publication. And, yeah, it caused quite the stir in Montreal. They loved it. The, the fan response in Montreal last night was uh, overwhelmingly positive. And, and I, I chuckled to myself at how different Pittsburgh fans view Olimata. Uh, they're singing Mata's praises up there right now. I don't know, uh, you know, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being imminent and 1 being BS. I don't know where this sits. 
I, I tend to think we're probably in that four to six range right now. I don't think it's BS. I don't certainly don't think it's imminent. Uh, but it, it could be. Because uh, let's take a look here. Everyone kept asking, well, what would the Penguins ask from Montreal? Well, here is the uh, Canadians' line combinations. Now, they've got uh, Victor Met, first line pairing, along with Shea Weber right now. 20-year-old defenseman has played all of, I think, 89 NHL games to this point. So, uh, yeah, they could definitely stand to bolster their left side on the defense. Now, take a look at that. The Canadians will not trade Max Domi. Noop, 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 noop. And their third-line center is a kid that they're really happy with. Okay. So who does that leave us with? Look at that first-line center, Philip Deneau. There's a name I think we can circle and begin to watch. He's, a, you know, he's essentially uh, a defensive guy, that's good, who can contribute about 40 points. That's the ideal third-line center. He, he's not going to grumble and grouse or, or, or feel left out if he's not on the top power play unit. Six-foot-one, you know, uh, buck 95, give or take a couple pounds of M&Ms. You know, you never know what a guy's had to eat that day. Let's call it six-one-one ninety-five. 195 That begins to fit, doesn't it? In a vacuum. And, and this is, I, I'm going to slip. I know I'm going to slip and, and say something I don't want to say. But um, this, I think, is where Jim Rutherford, having multiple irons in the fire, is going to come into play. Because let's say the Penguins get back a uh, third-line center. That means the Derek Broussard situation is now entirely different, isn't it? That means the Penguins could even keep Broussard as a left wing. I still advocate trying him alongside of Genny Malkin on that left side. Broussard has some playmaking hops. I think that could be an interesting combination. Not with Phil Kessel. Actually, hell, maybe with Phil Kessel. Maybe Broussard's the defensively responsible guy. Uh, but I, I think there's something there, but... If the Penguins haven't tried it in 49 games, I don't think they're going to try it from, from here, on, here on out. But let's, let's get to um, Derek Broussard in the locker room before you and I talk about um, the, the Derek Broussard trade situation, uh, you know, a bit more in depth, because this begins to all tie together now. Mata, Broussard, Alexiak, who's healthy? Uh, and by the time we're done here, in about 10 minutes, you're going to have a complete um, 
you're going to have a, a complete uh, picture here. This is only about a minute long as well. Actually, it's less than that. I just chopped uh, my question to Broussard if he's heard the rumors. This year, so it's going to be a big test for our team. You mentioned some distractions. Um, obviously, you're getting some media attention uh, around the league. How much of that do you hear? Uh, your, your name being uh, I don't. I don't read much. Like I don't. I don't read the papers or anything that's going on. I follow like sports. I follow like obviously the. The, the main like the ESPN things and stuff like that, but um, I mean it is it is hard to, mentally sometimes to get your name out there and you don't really know what's gonna happen. Uh, but you know I have to, as a professional hockey player, I have to like put everything aside and try to focus on what I have to do every night here for this team and trying to do my best and win games and play my best. Oh, that's me now. I was uh, reading the uh, the chat, and I appreciate everyone jumping on. Um, let's see here. Yep, Brad, I already had Carl Alsner. Thanks for letting me know. Let me get back to uh, where I was. But you, you, you did you see kind of like, I don't the first few seconds, Broussard is okay, and then he's like, oh, this question. Or it, it just, it, it seemed to me that I, I kind of struck something in Broussard, that he doesn't, you know, feel so so great about. I, I, I di- disappointment maybe, frustration. I don't want to go as far as sadness. That seems a little over the top. But there, there was definitely something that kind of took a little bit of the wind out of Broussard's sails for a second. Because look, the the Penguins want this guy. They want big game brass. And to this point. Yeah, I mean, haven't gotten them, have they? So let's uh, let's put the whole ball of wax now together. If the Penguins can pry a third line center from somewhere else, that means they could uh, deal Broussard for the market rate for a pending second line UFA center, and that's about a first-round pick plus a little sweetener. So the, the, the Penguins could indeed uh, just put that asset in their pocket, or they could flip that asset then to some defensive help or a winger. This is, you know, I, I think Rutherford's going to have a parlay here. I think he's going to pull at least a, a two-trade bank shot, maybe three. That's just the, the feeling I get that uh, whether it's a three-team trade like he did last year at the deadline or it's a, a couple of individual moves, um, uh, yeah, I, I think the Penguins are going to have probably three new players by the deadline. That's, that's just my gut feeling, uh, trying to read tea leaves and, and stay on top, on top of this as much as possible. Although one general manager told me, oh, geez, too many years ago now. It's like, by the time you hear about the trade, trade rumor, it's bullshit. Okay. And I apologize for the kids watching YouTube. It's BS. <laughs> uh, so, so that's always, you know, always kind of keep that in the back of your mind as well. By the time you and I kind of catch wind of something, it's three days in the background, kind of like a political poll. By the time it's published, that train has already moved 
uh, in one direction or the other. Uh, Penguins power play question. Here we go. Um, <laughs> let me just put up this. It seems to be fitting about the Penguins power play. I do have a, a fix. Do they take Malkin off the first power play unit and maybe lessen his minutes in the next few games? Maybe lessen his minutes to take some pressure off of him. That's from uh, Zachary. Can I ask you all a question? This is, this is a serious question. Why is everybody on the uh, Malkin negative and Phil Kessel is almost uh, Teflon? Just uh, an observation. Why is a three-time Stanley Cup champion who is clearly uh, one of the best Russian players of all time Former Conn Smythe winner, Art Ross Trophy winner, all-star, has done everything, except the gold medal, I guess. Um, why is everyone like, oh, it's Malkin's fault? I don't know if you saw the shorthanded goal last night. You know, uh, it happens when uh, a player will muff a pass. Crosby and Malkin didn't connect cleanly in the Penguin zone. I don't know if Malkin was surprised by the back pass by Crosby uh, or, or what it was. That was Kessel who was beaten to the net by Brian Boyle. And Kessel being a high man in that power play. Look, because sometimes they'll, 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 they'll kind of do a singular point with Latang and then have the, the two high forwards who are supposed to kind of rotate and take the top. Well, Kess, that's Kessel and Malkin, which, by the way, any team that puts those two high in the zone, you're going to give up 11 or 20 shorthanded goals. Not quite sure what the Penguins are expecting with that kind of setup. But it, it is what it is. Why is Kessel getting a free pass? On, on this one. But, okay, um, that's a question for uh, another day. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think they're going to take Malkin off. I, I think one thing they could do is put Jake Gensel on that top power play unit and put Kessel on the second one. I, I think that's a distinct possibility, although it's pure guess because Sullivan did not practice the power play today. And I'm not going to show you the uh, five-minute-long post-practice video. Check out Pittsburgh Sports Live for it. But when we got around to asking, and it was uh, Jason Mackey who, who got the question in about, hey, last night you made a big threat about the power play. Where's your power play work today? And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Sullivan had this cat that ate the canary smirk and it struck me as incredibly odd like he knows something that we don't like like maybe we made a mountain out of a molehill though i don't think you can can you when he says yeah we're at that point changes need to be made well we all wrote changes are coming so uh here's sullivan kind of with, with that uh, wry smirk like <laughs> You suckers. Maybe there's no changes coming. 
I, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow, but um, I would I don't I wouldn't alter the scheme, but I would remove one of Malkin Castle, and I'd remove Castle. I think Gensel could easily fill in that role, be a nice playmaker. In fact, Gensel could go to the net and kind of cycle out, cycle around with Crosby, create a bit more movement on that power play. Castle, Castle's not going to go to the net in battle. Gensel will. So I think you get a little bit of an added bonus there. If you want to crash two guys to the net, you'd have Hornquist and Gensel, and then you can bring Crosby and Malkin high. You, you keep that little uh, that whirling dervish on the power play. I think that could add a, a very unique dimension without changing any of the scheme. That, that would be my solution. I think if you take Malkin off, you have to put a second defenseman on, on that power play unit. And then you risk two things. One, until Justin Schultz is back and healthy, what defenseman do the Penguins have who can really uh, adequately be a top power play quarterback besides Chris Letang? Yuso Rikola is an adequate second power play guy. Let's not inflate uh, where he is right now. We can do Jack Johnson, Olimata. None of that makes uh, too much sense to me. So uh, if nothing else, uh, that's why you don't take Mata off. But two, Mata's frustrated and struggling. What is going to be accomplished by, by kind of punishing him a little bit? The Penguins in the past have tried that, that co-equal branches of power play deal. Uh, Crosby on one unit, Malkin on the other. It doesn't really work. Big game hunters are territorial. Crosby, Malkin, Latang, uh, territorial. I'm not so worried about if Phil Kessel gets his feathers ruffled. I actually want to see Kessel's feathers get a bit ruffled. I think the Penguins could use a bit more out of him. And sometimes that requires some feather ruffling. All right. Uh, Kyle says Penn should go for Kyle Connor. Never going to happen. The Jets are not giving him up. Or Tyler Myers. Yeah, Kyle. Um, Myers is a popular name to put in those those kind of those fan trade packages on the message boards and stuff, but um, really, besides being a lot taller, how much different is Myers than Mata? I don't think uh, I don't think that's going to fly. Uh, let's see here. William wants to know: Do the Penguins look into Dougie Hamilton? No. Well, uh, let me rephrase that. I don't think so. I think he'd be very expensive. And the Penguins are going to have Latang and Schultz. Where would you put uh, Dougie Hamilton? For that reason, uh, no fly zone there. It would be very expensive. Tyler wants to know thoughts on Eric Stahl. Well, certainly I, I made a bit of news when I, I dropped that name about a month ago here on Pittsburgh Sports Live, I don't, um, I don't think that's still on the board, quite frankly. I think 
I believe. Let me let me rephrase this. I believe there had been some interest from one side or the other, and uh, but Minnesota is now in third place in the Central Division. They've had a surge. They're finally playing some decent hockey up there. Uh, they're not going to make a. They're not going to give up Eric Stahl unless they got a center better than Eric Stahl. And even then, you risk upsetting the chemistry, you risk everything along those lines. So Minnesota probably goes to buyer mode now, not seller mode, like they were four and six weeks ago. So my thoughts on Eric Stahl, very good player. Probably off limits to almost everyone. A man that didn't realize I was live. I've had other, other women say that to me as well. Thanks for hurting my feelings. I'm going to cry now. Uh, nighttime lives are much nicer. Well, well thank you. Good. Uh, she's not, not sure if I've answered this already. Um, oh, was Teddy Bluger called up? Did I, did I miss this already? Uh, did, I, did I miss the email in the last hour when I was setting up for the show? Someone uh, let me know. You're in the chat board. Did they actually make that official finally? That Teddy Bluger was called up? I'm going to stop the chat and have to throw up an article quick. Uh, if he was called up. I didn't see the email. Um, and I was on the phone with Wilkes Bear today. So if I didn't get that scoop. Um, anyway, let's see here. Kessel for Ovi. There you go, Kyle. Now you're thinking. Can maybe uh, Washington toss in uh, Barakovsky? Okay, Eric tells me yes. They called up. Uh, damn. I'm here on the air. Let me send a text to Shelly. Ask someone to put up the... Uh, Get, get up the Bluger story. Okay. So let's see if, um, let's see how much power the boss has. <laughs> Zero. Oh, I tell you, I got no respect. Um, okay, I guess uh, Josh Yoey, what I'm seeing here from Bob Probert. Thanks, Bob. Uh, Yoey broke it. No trade is imminent. Sully wants more options. Well, heck yes. Um, you need more options than 12 forwards. You need at least somebody in the press box in case Hornquist takes a, a biscuit off the melon. Oh, they announced it at like 4.45 as I was walking here. Figures. Um, okay. All right, so now that I feel like a schmuck for, for missing that, let uh, me roll back through the questions here. Would Rutherford be interested in any of the Rangers? Zuccarello, Hayes. I really, um, about a month ago, I guess it would have been late November, I, I started the Zuccarello thing. Zuccarello makes sense with the Penguins only if they keep Broussard. Otherwise... He's a, uh, he's a diminutive winger. 
who at this point is not as zippy or as gritty as he was two or three years ago. And he'd be a third-line winger. But uh, New York's going to want a bit more than third-line winger kind of price. So I I don't think uh, Zuccarello uh, is the guy. And Hayes, Hayes is in the same boat as Derek Broussard. He's going to cost about the same as well. In fact, maybe a bit more than Derek Broussard. You know, someone told me, uh, who's very familiar with Broussard's game, they didn't think the Penguins have gotten the full Derek Broussard, maybe the shoulder injury, maybe the groin injury last spring. Maybe he's just he's softened up a little bit from the injuries. And... And his net front presence is not uh, what it was. So uh, take that for what you will. Uh, I'm starting to come to the conclusion that Derek Broussard will not draw that first-round pick in a prospect. Look, the Winnipeg Jets knocked on the door again and said, Hey, remember us? We we still like Broussard. Penguin said, Okay, here's the price. And the Jets went, No. How often have you heard about the Penguins pricing themselves out of the market. Jim Rutherford is, is as fair as, as fair can be. That's just, um, uh, you know, so if, if he's, he's probably asking for full market value, what they paid for Broussard, they'll probably have to take a bit of a hit. The car depreciates 40% after you drive it off the lot. Penguins might be in that uh, boat. Uh, what can we expect out of uh, Bluger? Bluger is lightning fast. He is gritty. He, he's, a, he's a Tasmanian devil. He's just a, a little ball of energy flying around the ice. And I think that's what's delayed his ascension to the NHL in a meaningful way in so much as he can get out of position. I saw that a bit in preseason where he can get to a loose puck that isn't necessarily his. And he'll go chase it. If he doesn't win that 50-50 battle that he's just created, then the Penguins are in trouble because he's out of position. And, and I think he had to learn to be a little more structured. Uh, in terms of his offense, I think we're going to find out what kind of uh, mitts he's got. We'll, we'll find out together. I would expect to see him against Tampa Bay. I don't know that Tampa is a good matchup for Garrett Wilson. For God's sakes, hockey gods, give Wilson a goal, would you? Last night, uh, <laughs> I've been on this. Just give him a goal. Someone give this kid a happy meal? Uh, let's see here. Let me go back to the questions here. Would Pens want Bo Horvat? Or uh, Chris Tanov or Brock Besser? <laughs> yes, Mormon. Penguins would love all three of those guys. And that's why Vancouver's going to keep them. Those, those, those names are not on the board. Just you can deal those names in NHL 2019, have at it, have a blast, but yeah, you're not going to see those names move. Uh, Hayden Fleury, the Canes don't want him. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Flurry was Flurry dealt this year from Carolina or to Carolina? He, he's a, he's a, a marginal depth defenseman. He, he's not a guy that's going to make the Penguins better. Look, the Penguins have six NHL-caliber defensemen. Even without Alexiak, they've got six NHL-caliber defensemen and Justin Schultz coming back. Chad Ruedel, and don't sell him short. Ruedel's a great seven. Unless the Penguins could upgrade on one of their six, uh, this is their defense very soon. Uh, what about uh, Edler? His name was tossed around uh, out of Vancouver a bit. There are certainly, uh, in fact, I think I saw it linked to Toronto several times. I don't think the Penguins are going to allocate resources to a defenseman until their other needs are met. If they can get, come to a, a, a conclusion on the Broussard situation, which may or may not involve a, a, a top six winger for the Penguins, when they get those two squared away, then uh, I think defense would come in as a, a third priority. So uh, don't, you know, don't start chasing defensemen too much. How much can the Pens count on Schultz when he comes back? They can't. Not initially. It's going to take Schultz three weeks, minimum, to be back at full speed, game shape, game timing, head right, at least three weeks. You might not see the real Justin Schultz until the end of March. And, you know, that's, it's just the process that he's going to have to go through when, when he finally comes back. Nothing you can do about it. Uh, it's just, it is what it is. Boy, I have some decent numbers tonight. I appreciate that. Everyone, uh, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Like, comment, uh, share it around, please, so that uh, we get all of this stuff uh, going. Do you think the Pens will make a trade with the Flyers, and have they before? Kyle! Kyle! Have the Pens made a trade with the Flyers before? Does the name Rick Tockett ring a bell? 1992, brother. Uh, yes. One of the most famous trades in Penguins history. I'm going to assume you're uh, a bit younger than I am. 1992, Penguins going for their second straight Stanley Cup, the blockbuster deal. Essentially three teams, although it wasn't technically a three-team deal. Paul Coffey uh, kind of cycled through Philadelphia to Los Angeles. Brian Benning cycled through the Penguins to Philadelphia. Bernie Nichols... I think was involved in that deal at, at some point as well. Um, yeah, the, the Penguins wound up. Rick Tockett uh, essentially clinched the Stanley Cup for the '92 Penguins. Rick Tockett, six foot six, six foot seven defenseman, Shell Samuelson, real stay-at-home kind of slower guy, but man, he did his job. And very importantly. Backup goaltender, Ken Reggett. The Penguins really needed a uh, stable backup back in 92. 
and they got it. And obviously Ken Reggett would go on to be a starter uh, in the mid to late 90s for the Penguins. I'm, does he still live around here? Some of you know he used to come out and play some, some hockey with us occasionally way back when I was a younger guy and had time to, to go skate on Thursday mornings. Um, actually, no, John, the Penguins didn't trade for John LeClaire. He was a late career free agent uh, guy, as I recall. Yeah, they didn't, I don't think they traded for John LeClaire. Let's see here. Uh-huh. I'll make sure I get everyone's question here before we wrap things up. Shelly, by the way, Shelly Anderson is putting up the Teddy Bluger article. And I'll, I'll try to, I'll go back in after this chat and I'll, I'll add a bit of the scouting report on Teddy too. Let's see here. I think that's about all the questions. Uh, so we, we've touched on Mata. And let me ask you this while you're all on the chat board here. Did I kind of lead you all to the water in terms of perhaps teams inquiring about Mata? The Penguins have the Broussard deal. And here's a team, if you've come this far with me, 48, 49 minutes. Team to keep an eye on? The Anaheim Ducks. That's all I can say. Keep an eye on the Ducks. They've been kicking and floating around. Still, the Penguins and Ducks have made two trades, I think wildly beneficial already this season. The Sprung for Pedersen deal was beneficial to both. The Blandisi for Derek Grant deal, beneficial for both. Although, actually, I think the Ducks may have won that deal. Derek Grant is right now because of uh, Ryan Kessler's injury. Third line center in Anaheim. He just, he fits out there. Grant fits in that structure uh, that Randy Car Carlisle has, has going. So, uh, what else? And we talked about that guy, too. I think we've got everything, do we? Maybe, possibly. All right, last call for questions. I have uh, gone back to the uh, bottom of the chat screen. You've got 30 seconds to enter that chat. Look, look this, these chats are, I'll give you everything I know, but I also want to know what you want to know and uh, what you want to talk about. I think uh, the, the Penguins are going to have to move quickly. If the, the Penguins let Buffalo hang around, that young, crazy Buffalo squad who is hungry for the playoffs, they're going to get hot again. What were they uh, in the first 37 games? 25 and 12? 21 and 10 or, or something crazy like that. They, they just went nuts to start the season. Carter Hutton was hot and... Jason Botterill is a good GM. If he makes the, a right tweak or two and they get hot again, suddenly the Penguins' feet are to the fire. Montreal is kind of the same way in, in the sense that uh, Montreal is now leapfrogged into third place of the Atlantic Division. That puts Boston down on the wild card. Boston's good. Boston is, Boston's got all of the tools, all the pieces of the puzzle. I don't yet understand what is what's holding Boston back 
I, I really don't understand that. I've just got so many players that I like. They are a solid playoff team. Don't don't do that that uh, fan thing where you overestimate your team and sell everybody else short. Oh, the Islanders will fall off. Oh, Columbus sucks. They'll fall off. Will they? What makes you say that? Tortorella teams don't fall off, although the Penguins have exited them politely when they've made the playoffs. Um, that scrappy bunch of can-do guys, and Panarin and Bobrovsky. Look, what, what, if, um, what if Columbus finally removes cranium from colon and gets on with their life and deals Panarin and gets a good return for him? What happens then? All of these things have to be considered. Columbus is not going to peter out. They're, they might not be as good as the Penguins, but they bring a lunch pail every night. And that's the same as the, as the Islanders as well. The New York Islanders are a Barry Trotz team. And what that means very specifically is they are, uh, they are married to their system. They will play their system come hell or high water. And Trotz managed to win in Nashville for years with an under-talented roster. What do you think he has in New York? He's got uh, Barzal, though, and Anders Lee, and Bailey. And I still like their back end uh, in New York as well. So they might not be able to, able to win a playoff series, but they sure as heck are not going to fall off the table and hand a playoff spot to the Penguins. That I can guarantee. Trots will get them to the finish line. The Penguins are going to have to earn their playoff position. And what if Carolina, who is also four points back of the Penguins but have two games in hand, or actually now, now one game in hand after last night, what if Carolina gets a haul for Furland and gets some bloody offense? These are the things you have to think about. Uh, it always makes me cringe, but, oh, well, Carolina sucks. They've always sucked, so they're going to suck now. You know, who won the Stanley Cup last year? You know, uh, just be past is not always prologue, especially in sports, especially when things and situations change. And there's been a lot of change around the Penguins, in the Islanders, with Carolina, so forth. Don't don't expect those teams to go away just because the the Penguins. Uh, forgot to put myself on camera. There we go. Not that, you were, not that you wanted to look at me. Uh, anyway, okay, so here's the last call for questions from Brad. Will Rutherford bring in a cheap veteran extra defenseman for the playoffs? Uh, it's, it's possible. I don't know that it's necessary. I th again, I think, I think that comes last. I think the Penguins are going to have to see where the bigger markets are for, for their forwards crew. Take care of that, and, and, and if they've got some extra petty cash lying around, you might see it. Kyle thinks uh, pens and flames in the cup final. <sighs> Man, 
Kyle, uh, if, if the Penguins actually embrace their identity, if they get the puck low in the zone and go smear some defensemen along the glass, if they use that speed and skill below the hash marks and do so with guts and enjoyment of it, if they learn to enjoy that, yeah, they can get there. But if they try to skate with Tampa and, and try to create offense off the rush and they try to be the old Penguins who beat the old Tampa, the Penguins are going to get bounced faster than a little rubber ball because they can't. They, it, they just don't have the scoring horses. <laughs> we should try to steal Barzal from the Islanders next season. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. All right, kids, um, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you all more than you know. Uh, I will do more of these in the evening. The schedule might be a little bit prohibitive, but uh, yes, I, the numbers look pretty good. We'll keep doing these 6 p.m. chats. We'll make them a podcast as well, and I need your help to, uh, to share them all, get them out there. Subscribe, like, and comment. Not necessarily in that order. We will talk to you again uh, real soon. Check out Pittsburgh Sports Live. We're also going to have the uh, Super Bowl gambling show <laughs> for you tomorrow, too. Anthony Jaskolski and I are going to uh, look at some fun prop bets and get you set for... I'll, here, I'll, I'll do the broadcaster thing. Get you set for the big game on Sunday. Have fun.